Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's up, everybody? Welcome to a brand new edition of Battle Red Radio. This is Corey DLG, and with you as always is producer Nico. We are hanging out here on a Thursday edition of the Texas Podcast Battle Red Radio. Let's go. Let's get it. Let's do it. How are you, man? I'm doing well. All right. This I like is, it. I like it. Exciting week, I think. I hope. Uh, really? Okay. I like that. Exciting week. Anything fun happen? Uh, no, just getting stuff together, getting my life right, you know, the usual. Oh, man, that sounds dramatic. Getting your life right. You need a, a lifetime movie ma- music moment, some violins. You want to? I always feel like those are those are so like extra, and it's like, man, what's he doing? It's like, oh, you know, he just started like taking the trash out regularly. Yeah, just being just a human being. Started doing push-ups and sit-ups when he got out of bed in the morning. Uh, <laughs> started donating I, some money to the local shelter. Whoa, whoa! I started watching um, West Wing again. Doing my, I like to watch through it every once in a while. I'm not as bad as our buddy who watches it every, all the time. He does, I think, a once a year one, but uh, you know, it it started to age a little bit as far as it was on TV in prime time in like the early two thousands, if I remember right. So like, there are some TV moments, like music playing over dramatic moments, where you're just like, "Hmm, '90s TV, bro." <laughs> that right there is a certified '90s moment. Like, the writing is still great, and, like, I still love the characters and all that, but there's some real, like, <laughs> uh, very, like, Saved by the Bell, Kelly Spano, like, I'm so excited. Uh, I'm so scared, Zach. Help me. Like, it's very, like, and then the soft, ba-da-da-da-da-da-da. You're like, man, this was, this is not how this works. <laughs> You're like, I remember old TV. Yeah. I remember when there was a definite separation between reality and fiction. <laughs> that's a good point that's a good point then the real world came out um so just to poke a dead body with a stick um on the reddit on the texans page john McClain's tweet from a couple days ago when they announced the firing of jack easterby mm-hmm. i've seen this I, I i hope it's real um it looks legitimate it looks like a real like retweet like it's like it's Anyway, it's John McClain. He's one of the sports writers who here in Houston. Big deal, very big deal. If you, you, you more than likely have heard his name if you listen, if you follow sports in Houston. His tweet is just an FYI, in case anyone actually buys into the mutually parting of the ways. Easterby was fired over the weekend, pure and simple. No matter how the Texans or Easterby try to spin it, fired, despedido, licenciado. Gefuvert. Uh, it's in several languages. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Um, they did announce it like it was a mutual parting. 
And he wanted to make sure that everyone knew that's not true. <laughs> he said mutual in the fact that they both agreed that he's leaving. Yeah. <laughs> mutual in the fact that security and him both agreed that this door is closing behind you. That's about it. Uh, yeah. How does that make you feel? Like, why, why is the sports writer going after him like that? <laughs> I, think, I think it's probably one of those scenarios where it's like he's been telling us the whole time that, like, why is he here? And then he finally got fired and he's like, you guys aren't going to cover this up. This ain't no sugarcoat. You are gone. <laughs> he definitely was like, y'all want to see a dead body? Come with me. You got $5? You can poke you with the stick. <laughs> Might have checked this out. <laughs> Um, but yeah, man, I mean, the fallout from all that continues. There was some stories today that, uh, one of the, I guess, one of the, uh, 610 radio shows got Aaron Wilson on and Aaron Wilson is is another writer, another sports writer. And he basically said that Cal McNair is, Jack Eastby was like spearheading the, make Josh McCowan the head coach charge. Mm-hmm. Cal McNair, the owner, Cal McNair Jr. is the one who shut that down. And that kind of started the deterioration of like the Easter B relationship. Which is good. He, he flew a little too close to the sun. He, he was just like Icarus, gliding on his wax wigs of character coaching. Yeah, it is... I... <laughs> And he's like, I'm going to get the head coach elected. That's me. They're going to owe me everything. <laughs> well, and that was kind of, uh, yeah, probably. I mean, that's really dangerous and close to probably what he suspected. And then he wound up going to war with the owner, I guess. And that's not going to work. Like, that's the one guy. The dude who signs the checks is always right. I mean, ultimately. So. Unless yeah, you're willing I, to stand on those principles. But that if you're that, <laughs> that yeah, I mean, least character-driven person on the planet. Right. I definitely am kind of impressed and intrigued by the idea that, like, from team chaplain to character coach to key decision maker within the structure. Like, that is an interesting rise for a guy who knew nothing about football. And there's actually an old interview that's resurfaced of Andre Johnson, and he doesn't mention Easterby by name. But it was right after – he had a role with the Texans, and it's right after he left that role. And somebody was like, whoever's doing the interview, it's the uh, – it's from The Athlete. So it's a podcast that's done – it's like three actual old-school football players that are in it. And basically they're like, so why'd you leave the Texans? And he's like, yeah, you know, they got a guy, he's a character coach, he's a character guy, and, like, he's good at that. That is what he's good at. However – um, you know, now they've got him making just like football decisions and stuff, and he doesn't know anything about football. That's not where his skills are at. So, like, why would I want to be a part of that? Now, that's that clip is over a year and a half old. Um, that's telling. Yeah, that's a huge deal. Because it goes to show I'm you not... how much it's impacted. Yeah, and I'm not a big Andre Johnson guy, but. I'm intrigued by the idea that he was so disgusted with Jack Easterby making decisions that he was like, I don't need to be here. <laughs> well, I mean, that's a, that's a reasonable response. If you've been doing something the right way for a long time and you see someone who's like literally a hack, you're like, what? 
it's how I feel about uh oh Zack Snyder. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I'm like everyone is like this is great. He's amazing, and I'm like this is the worst thing ever. Hey, I know this isn't really sports related, but uh, with the Rocks movie coming out, uh-huh. um, Black Adam, a bunch of people just now found out that part of the reason Zack Snyder isn't still around is that the rock had his own idea of what he wanted to do with the black Adam and Shazam characters and all of that. And he wanted them each to have their own movie and then cross over in Zack Snyder's world. They would have crossed over in Shazam too, probably like black Adam's first appearance would be Shazam too, basically. And the rock is like black Adam should definitely have his own movie. They could even introduce other characters, basically what they're doing, JSA. And then Black Adam and Shazam can cross over later. So essentially, they're like, The Rock is part of the reason Zack Snyder isn't still doing DC movies. We should boycott Black Adam. Like, these guys just never stop. This is, this, the Snyder fans, the Snyder stands are just too powerful. <laughs> well, they're, I think they are. They got a whole. They got a whole movie. They got. A, they got. They got a whole movie resurrected from the dead. Yeah, but it didn't go. It didn't do what they thought it would do. So that kind of tells you, like, they were loud enough to make it happen, but not enough to make it like. Yeah, I don't know. They still got. They still got Warner Brothers to spend hundreds of millions of dollars on a movie that already lost them hundreds of millions of dollars. That's true. That's true. You're right about that. But. Sony looked, did a bunch of memes with Sony and Morbius, so yeah. But I mean, it was the pandemic; it's the Wild West. Like, who 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 knew that was going to happen? But also, I mean, like that's that's Easterby. That's that's he's he's making football decisions, getting paid millions of dollars to do what? He doesn't know anything. Yeah, he's guessing too, right? Yeah, no, you're right. Like, he's definitely guessing. Yeah, I mean, I, it, that's a good way to put it. It's definitely interesting. Um, we're coming up onto the weekend. We're going to be at Las Vegas. Uh, we're gonna really break down the matchup with uh, with Colton, so I don't want to spend too much time on it. I like our chances, though. Right now, we're getting a lot of points. Right now, we're minus seven, or we're plus seven. I mean, um, we were plus seven in the Jacksonville game that we won thirteen to six. So that gives you an idea of how I feel about getting seven points against a bad team. Um, yeah, who knows? We might we might have like a crazy. You know, this might be it. We might be three weeks undefeated. Right, right. This could be the beginning of something magical. And then um, we'll finally be tied with the Colts again. Probably wouldn't be in our best interest, but you never know. I mean, we could wind up accidentally leading the division as like the worst roster in the division. <laughs> it's um, like they, it's like it's like you are the champion of the division. Wow, I'm so excited to be here. Don't don't be. You're like. Yeah, nah, fifth worst no. team in the game. Yeah, you're it's one just of the so happens that everyone else did just as bad. Yeah, they do say that uh, Christian Harris and a couple other guys that have been inactive are going to be making their debut this week. The Christian Harris one is a big one. Um, that'll be the last of the rookies that we really need to see get out there and perform. Um, so big. that'll be it's big. It will be a big deal. It will be big because if they go out there and – all right, so look, all training camp, they basically said when when people would ask, they didn't say Derek Stingley or Kenyon Green. When they were like, who's having the best camp? They are like, we're really impressed with Christian Harris. Now, part of that is he's a third-rounder, and 
apparently was playing like a starter, which is great. If your third rounders can start, then you're drafting well. Like that's third round and up. Like first and second rounders should start. Third rounders, you're starting to get to that category of you are correctly evaluating talent. So that is a good sign that Christian Harris is out there practicing so well that that, te- that we as a team were like, you know, actually, he looks really good. Um, now, we could be wrong. Now, I think we've kind of proven that our coaches know defense. I think that's the one thing we should get credit for is that we know our defenses. Um, so I think that means he's going to go out there and perform well. But this will be his first live-action regular season game. First time it actually counts. So I'm excited to see him get out there and actually perform. And, and we'll get to evaluate him then from there. If he goes out there and does it, then – now obviously I'm not counting um, Mechie because he had, he's, he's off the roster for cancer. But other than him, it goes Derek Stingley Jr., Kenyon Green, Jalen Petre, Christian Harris, Damian Pierce. That takes you all the way through our – five out of our first six picks, but also all the way through to the fourth round. Thomas Booker's in the fifth round. That was our fifth round pick. So if Damian Pierce up are playing and contributing, that's a good sign for how we evaluate talent on this team. Yeah, it'll be our first good draft in probably almost a decade, I feel like. It definitely is going to be our first good one in a long time. So I tried to explain to somebody, like, uh, for a long time, Rick Smith was our general manager. And we just, we can, we never put together teams that were better than middle of the league, right? We were always, like, any ranking of anything, offense, defense, yards allowed, catches, touchdowns, rushing, uh, points, uh, yards after catch, almost anything that you could rank, we would always be between 13 and 18. This team was perpetually middle average. Like, we were the average of average of average. Um, And we were losing to Peyton Manning. We were losing to Andrew Luck. But we were beating everyone else in the division pretty regularly. So it was this frustrating moment for us. We were always the second fiddle in this division. And we were always just not quite good enough. People were like, why aren't we getting rid of Rick Smith? And the problem was... He was doing a decent enough job. Our first round picks and our second round picks were performing. He did. He Rick Smith never missed on a first rounder. All of our first rounders wound up being guys who played, played in the league for long periods of time, were quality picks, and were Texans usually for long periods of time. You you get to keep your job if you get first rounders right. Because missing on those is awful, but there are teams who do it every year. Um, and so those those teams fire general managers. The problem was we weren't developing third-rounders, fourth-rounders, fifth-rounders. We were never finding those extra guys that go from average, that take a team from average to good or good to great. So instead of having deep, talented rosters, we would have good starters, okay backups, and then if we were ever hurt, then there was whatever position that was injured suddenly could become a liability or weakness really quick. And so that was like the story of our team. So it's good to see draft picks from the fourth and fifth round up showing signs of life. That's great. Um, You hope that it continues. And 
You hope it actually plays out. Like we're saying all of this without Christian Harris getting out there and performing. If they didn't miss on anybody from the fourth round and up, that's going to be big for us. I mean, there's 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 this very clear difference in that that you know actually usable draft class. Because I mean, we always had that like again, like you you mentioned before, like that crazy two guys, three guys every year we'd get, but then like. You're turning over. You always say that you're turning over half your roster every year. Like two guys ain't gonna save you. <laughs> exactly. So like for every time we would get a JJ Watt, we would lose two or, two or three guys out of our rotations who could go get a little bit more more money somewhere else. And we were just kind of we were getting stuck in, like in this middle spot a lot where our starters were great, but it didn't. It wasn't enough to stay competitive throughout the because special teams matters. It all matters. Like JJ Watt. And Arian Foster can't play every position for all every snap of every game. Like, it's not enough. Like, you've got to get, you've got to build teams from the from the seventh round in. And so that was always the problem that we would have. So hopefully that trend does not continue because it already appears that it's yeah, it appears that we know what we're doing. Damian Pierce being a fourth rounder, very little usage in college. That was just an outright. It turns out we knew what we were doing there. But also taking Derek Stingley over Sauce Gardner, uh, Kenyon Green, uh, Jalen Petrie, like uh, getting these guys and being right about them is a good feeling. That's a good sign for us, I feel like. Um, even the Kenyon Green draft pick, 15th overall, first round, he was he was definitely graded to go first round, but it there was sort of a worry, concern that he's a guard. He was kind of a tweener. There was some talk like, "Oh, is he just gonna like? Is he is he is he combo guard? Like, is he gonna play both spots, or what are they gonna do?" Blah blah blah. And it was only until after we learned that their plan was it was gonna go Tunsil Green, uh, the center who left already, and then they were like they were gonna set everybody in their set positions and let them play out the year. That that really kind of starts giving you confidence. They're like, okay, they're not going to be moving people around all year. They're gonna they're gonna really try and, and and just work it out. And I think that that was the first good sign of like decision making with personnel that kind of filled you with a little bit of hope because there was some concern of like why did we bring back Tunsil and Howard? Like, what was the plan exactly? So that was good to hear that like no no everyone's going to kind of stay put and we're going to run this out. I was like, okay, that that makes me feel a little bit better about what our goal is here. Right, and we always talk about how the future looks honestly really bright for us, unlike a lot of other teams in the league. And I think it got a little bit brighter with the with the termination of uh, with Jack Easterby, unfortunately. I think there's no there's no real way of getting around it. That, well, I mean, it's sort of a voice that seems to have stirred up a lot of the bottom of the pot. Right, and now that we've moved on from him, you know, that position's open. We now have someone who could potentially take that and really make it shine. Are you, are you saying we should apply for it? Absolutely. This is our formal application. Uh, I'm emailing have, them right now. I have applied for the head coach of vacancy before for the Texans and been declined. You know, you just got to want it more. You just, <laughs> if you told them that you knew Jack Easterby back then, they probably would have been like, oh, really? That it was before the Easterby period. It was honestly, I think, like, Monster.com was a sponsor of either the Texans or the NFL. And I had a Monster.com account way back then. And they, like... They had fired, I guess it was maybe 
Uh, this had to be before Gary Kubiak. So I guess they had fired uh, Charlie Casserly, the first. No, was he the general manager? He might have been the first. He might have been the general manager. I don't remember the name of the first coach right now as we're sitting here talking about it. So they first, they fired the first head coach. And when they did so, they posted the opening on monster.com. Vacancy, head coaching position for hire, NFL, Houston, Texans. So I made a resume. I was like 20 years old. I made a resume and everything and cover letter, the whole bit. But in there, I talk about my great success building Madden franchises and how I was consistently winning many Super Bowls, even if I just simulated the seasons in Madden. Uh, so I saw, I was like, I should be your guy. I understand how this works. <laughs> You're like, I might not be the numbers guy, but I'm definitely a numbers guy. <laughs> right. <laughs> now, keep in mind, everyone, like, to even be considered for any of this, you've got to work your way. No, not me. I just applied. Look, they said application's open. You said, here you go, sir. <laughs> Check it out, man. So, literally two days later, I get an email through monster.com thanking me for my uh, application, but they were going to reject me for, from an interview. <laughs> hey, man, you, at least you tried. Shoot your shot. You know, they always say that. The youngins. <laughs> I printed that out. This is, I mean, I'm 20. I live at home with my parents still. I printed that out. I left it out. My mom saw it. Like, a day later, she calls me, and she's like, um were you applying to be the Texans head coach? And I was like, maybe. And she was like, she goes like, oh my God. It's like, you're a maniac. And I was like, well. They wouldn't have said that if I got it. Yeah. (laughs) She was like, well, I mean, you know, goals, I guess. I was like, yeah, you never know. You never know. (laughs) I lost my playbook. It's time to resort to uh, some 22-year-old head coach that we have. Right. Tell me that wouldn't have been the weirdest news story ever. Like, I get in and crush the interview somehow, and they're just like, this sounds weird, but we're going to give him a shot. <laughs> I feel like it happens way more than we're thinking about. I mean, maybe on a much lower level, like, they're like, you can, you can like, help the linebackers run drills or something. Like, surely, like, not any position. Of, well, I mean, I don't know. Maybe Jack, maybe that was how it got, maybe that's how Jack Easterby got the job. I mean, he got it somehow. That's true. All right. Let me tell you guys about Asin Law Firm. It's never a good idea to drink and drive. But what if you had a few beers at the game and you know you're not drunk, but you get pulled over and arrested anyway? You need a law firm that knows how to try DWIs, someone who won't just plead you out quickly. You need a lawyer who has 100 hours of hands-on instruction in a lab learning the sciences used in DWI cases. A lawyer ACS qualified to be designated a lawyer scientist because these cases aren't like other kinds of cases. Your positive outcomes may very well depend on who better understands and presents the science at trial. Attorney Brian Asin is a designated lawyer scientist, and the lawyers at Asin Law Firm have successfully tried and won many of these cases. Call Asin Law Firm at 832-209-2297. That's Asin Law Firm at 832-209-2297, or visit DWILawyerHouston.com. I also need to take this opportunity to tell you guys about the latest party to hit the Houston scene, Custom Geek Parties. Everything from corporate team-building exercises, geek-themed weddings, RPG parties, board game parties, cosplay parties, and more. Call Gamers Inner Circle at 281-746-4260. Gamers Inner Circle at 281-746-4260. Gamers Inner Circle. Are you in yet? 
Uh, okay, so there's not a ton of Texans news to get to on, on, you know, on a Thursday morning like this. So what I want to do is obviously we're going to have some fun, and we're going to talk about the Thursday night game, the Amazon Prime clunker that's going to be the New Orleans Saints at the Arizona Cardinals. Man, two just dynamite teams, you know? Yeah, uh, two and four and two and four. This has got to be one of the worst primetime schedules I think I've ever seen in my life. I, I want to know, like, who won at Amazon Prime's money, but who on the Amazon Prime side didn't successfully negotiate any cool, any sort of, like, control over the schedule. I like to imagine they're like, no, we'll just buy this lot. And they're like, okay. And then they're like idiots worst yeah. game worst game worst game like somebody said something right at the end of the meetings as everyone was signing signing papers and handing over checks and as the nfl side walked out they were like did you hear what he called me and they were like don't worry man we'll we'll get him with the schedule <laughs> like what They're like don't worry i got a plan yeah now deandre hopkins is slated to finally make his return to live action football um, if you're an Arizona Cardinal fan or you drafted him in fantasy football, yay, I guess. Uh, I've been clear that he has not delivered for Arizona in any way, shape, or form. So everyone can take that as they will. You know what's Keep funny? Fine. What's that? He, you know what's really funny is that now that he's finally gone, this is probably the the best quarterback for him specifically. Russell uh, or uh, – Kyler Murray? No, not not Kyler Murray. Like, if he was back on the Texans. Oh. Yeah, yeah, Davis Mills would certainly love to have him because Davis Mills is accurate from about 18 to 28 yards down the field, and that's right in Hopkins' wheelhouse. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. I just think it's so funny, and I can just imagine, like, how great the compilation would have been where it's just, like, all the DeAndre Hopkins, like, crazy catches because he can catch basically everything. Everything. That is the legend. The problem is he hasn't really fulfilled it since coming to Arizona. There's been a couple, you know, Sports Center esque catches, but well, right. okay, let's 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 do this. So with DeAndre Hopkins there, Kyler Murray's healthy. Uh, by the way, Kyler Murray is both the leading rusher and passer for the Arizona Cardinals. That gives you an idea of how good their offense is doing. Phenomenal, uh, obviously. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. The over-under for this game between the Saints and the Cardinals is 44 points. Like, I don't even, like, what, 22, 22 a person? 
Right. But like I again, I I haven't even like scoring this year. Yeah. The Saints are averaging twenty three and a half points. The Cardinals are averaging nineteen. If you go just off of that, the under is going to hold. Right, and like you're either banking on like DeAndre Hopkins just like making like some like Sports Center. It's like top five catches, and like four of them are DeAndre Hopkins. Like, well, you're you're hoping he does it, but in the end zone. That's the important thing. Like, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> everyone can everyone can celebrate the greatness that is his one handed catches and his sideline, you know, heroics. But if all they get you are a couple first downs and drives that end in field goals, yeah. Hey, to quote you, that's points. That's points on the board. That's point. It is points on the board, which most teams lately have forgotten. Um, but I think it's how you consistently score 19 a game. You average 19 when you get field goals instead of touchdowns. Yeah, that's a fair point. And, man, how, how Louisiana has just – Absolutely fallen. The Saints have just been having a tough time. Well, okay. I mean, it was Drew Brees and Sean Payton. They left the same offseason. Yeah. They really, like... That's, and they, that has to hurt. Like, there's no ifs, ands, or buts. It's like a vacuum, right? They just no, vacuumed I, I all... I'm wrong. Never mind. I'm wrong. I'm wrong by one year. Drew Brees left, and Sean Payton had one year with Jamarcus Russell. Yeah, the one year, that, the last Winston. year they were good. Yeah, with Jameis Winston. And Jameis Winston blew out his knee like week six. Taysom Hill was out there for a little while. He was banged up. Um, and at Jameis the end Winston, of that season. Winston and Trubisky are my favorite two bad quarterbacks of all time. <laughs> well, Trubisky is a, is a great bad quarterback to follow. That, that one's easy. The Trubisky and me are connected in some way. I must believe it. It's, my, it's, now, it's now a small goal of mine to meet him at one point. I mean that'll probably happen for us the way the way things have gone for us so far. That's a fair point. Stranger things have happened. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, yeah, I, I mean, these aren't good quarterbacks. James James Winston comes into the game with four touchdowns, five interceptions. There's talk that Andy Dalton might start. Uh, Kyler Murray has six touchdowns, four interceptions. The the spread is two and a half. It's Arizona minus two and a half. So they don't even get a full field goal difference. Are they in Arizona? They're in Arizona. Oh. So what they're basically saying is the Saints are slight marginally better than the Cardinals, but not enough to be too too relevant. Which I mean, like looking at so far, yeah, that's that's a pretty fair estimate. Yeah, I mean, there's not there's probably not too much difference between these two teams. So funny to think about. The Saints, I mean, the Saints used to. It's funny because, like, I was talking about this with Colton. Like, the consistency and like the history of these teams play such a big, like, heavy weight on like how people perceive them. Because, like, the Cardinals have been bad for like a decade. I feel like forever, forever. They've been like, bad forever. They're they're just terrible. Their coaches aren't good. Their players aren't good. Or they keep trading for players that don't do anything or don't work together. But like they have a very Browns esque feel. Like even when they do something that out on the outside looks smart, yeah, they wind up screwing Look, up. roster looking like a like a fantasy draft from like 2017. You're like, this is crazy. And then they're like, what was their record? And they're like, oh and oh and 17. You're like, oh man, that was not what I was expecting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, they went eight and eight. Okay. Good job, guys. Good job. Wow. That was no, you're, that you're really not wrong about that. Game removed. 
you're you, that's Nico. That might be the most perceptive thing about the NFL you've ever said, because you're right. Like the Saints get all the leeway in the world when really this is a new regime. It's a new head coach, uh, a basically new quarterback, and it hasn't worked out. So like, how many seasons are they going to give this new regime before they go? Okay, it's time to hit the reboot now. Listen, they still have Alvin Kamara in in New Orleans, who's a star running back. But even that, he has 66 carries and 302 yards. Now, he also has tons of receiving yards, and he's probably the load on touchdowns. But the reality is they're not getting it done. Remember, they were singing the praises of Michael Thomas coming. Remember, Colton actually was saying that the Saints were, were primed for a big run this year. And I was like, Really? And they're about what I thought they would be. This is a new regime, but it's hard to do that because you you look at the history of the Saints, which pre Saints, now pre Sean Payton, pre Drew Brees, the, the history of the Saints isn't good. Right, but, but <laughs> that run was years, so long. Yeah, you're right. The last ten years they've been so good that it is hard to say like. Well, like the Saints have been the Saints have been a good football team since I was a kid. Yeah, I'm now 24 years old, and they're like. You're going to be like the bad. I'm like, what? It it is kind of – you're right. It is that way where suddenly you're having this weird conversation where you're like, yeah, they're not not good. And it's the first time for a lot of people who follow football that they haven't been good. You're you're right. No, that's a good point. But for me, you have to evaluate it in the sense of what are they putting on the field this year. And this year, this isn't a great team. It's definitely not a good team if they're thinking Andy Dalton's going to fix the Jameis Winston mistakes. Like – Andy Dalton hasn't done much better. So I don't know. I don't know. It's tough to say. This is really old Andy Dalton or just wildly inconsistent Jameis Winston versus a Tyler Murray that I don't really think is great, but people tend to love him. He's 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 just that guy, you know? He's the hometown. He's like he's like uh oh man, who's the Houstonian? I always forget his name. The who? The, he's like hometown hero here, even though he's absolutely oh, awful. Oh, Case Keenum. Case Keenum. Everyone loves yeah. him. They're like, he's the guy. He's the goat. And you're like, he's done nothing but lose every time he's been here. Well, and that is sort of an interesting thing about Kyler Murray is that, you know, even the great success in college, I don't think they – I don't remember them. I don't think they won the national title. That was the Oklahoma year. I do think he won a Heisman, though. I think Baker Mayfield won the Heisman, and then he won the Heisman the next year. Um. And then all of a sudden it was like, man, Oklahoma quarterbacks, like, they really produce. But I – I, yeah, it was kind of a weird thing. Him coming in number one overall, bumping Josh Rosen out of Arizona and then putting him on his crazy downward spiral. Poor he's He is one person I genuinely feel bad for because he got destroyed by circumstance. Like, a- absolutely. Nothing, nothing – he didn't do anything wrong. Yeah, and it wasn't like Arizona went def- like winless. I think they only had three or four wins, and I guess he didn't put enough on tape to make people be like, "Yeah, Josh Rosen's the man," which is fair. But he was a rookie, um, yeah, brand new out of college, and they're like, "I can't believe you didn't win sixteen games." He's right. like, "What was I supposed to do?" And they fire the coach anyway. <laughs> they fire the coach. It was a first year head coach and a first year quarterback, and they both lose their jobs after one Arizona esque year. However. That is kind of right up in the wheelhouse of decision-making for bad teams. When you fire coaches after one year, the rest of the league kind of just goes, yeah, that you are who you are. It's 
everyone in the NFL is a, they don't say it out loud, but most people in the NFL are firm believers of you are what your record says you are. So like, they'll be surprised when the Steelers have a bad season, but if at the end of the year, the Steelers have six or seven wins, then they are a bad team. Like nobody walks around going, yeah, they just really struggled. You know, it's really unfortunate. No, like the things that we talk about during season and stuff happens, like the Raiders have lost four games by four points or less. If at the end of the year they have 13 losses, they're not going to sit around and go, yeah, but nine of those losses were by four points or less. It won't matter anymore at that point because they've lost 13 times. They're losers. They're bad. They're a bad team. And so while the narrative matters during the season because you are always rattling, you're always rallying, you're always battling, you're always trying to set yourself up for next week, no one's ever really out of it until – we're, we're about three weeks away before we can start really saying who will definitely, definitely not be in the playoffs because there are teams who will rattle off who in the past have been able to rattle off nine, 10 wins in a row. And suddenly they're in it. The Tampa Bay was four and four. And then they won uh, the next eight games in the row to finish 12 and four. And then they go on to win the Super Bowl that year. Right. Sometimes, sometimes you just got it. Yeah. And, and there was no consistency. And then there was all consistency. And so sometimes everything comes together. Like if the Raiders could figure out how to go for extra points and kick field goals, they they might win all of their games the rest of the year, right? Like, I mean, if every game is decided by four points or less, and then all of a sudden they start doing the little things to get the little points, they might start winning more games. So it's hard to judge during the season. But at the end of the year, teams are who they say that – teams are who their records are. And I don't think this Arizona Cardinals and this Saints team is going to be – happy with where they are at the end of the year no but i mean i wouldn't be either if i were either one of these teams well if i'm arizona this is like par for the course i guess yeah like outwardly i'm mad right like outwardly i'm like this is ridiculous i can't believe we had to go through this but inwardly i'm like how is this any different than every other year like (laughs) i think what makes it different is the fact that this is a college head coach uh yeah, that was the weird hire. That man, that whole situation was so weird. Cause the guy from Texas Tech, uh, Kingsbury, I think, right? He's it's such an odd situation because the year that he gets fired for being a bad coach at Texas Tech is suddenly the year Arizona is like, you should come be our professional head coach. And the weirder thing is that he's like, yeah, I'll definitely come coach in Arizona. Like he could have had any college job he wanted. Probably not, not only not only did, like most not only did he not only did he show up as like yeah I'll definitely coach your team but he came up with like authority he's like and I'm bringing the new quarterback right you have the number one overall pick and I want to I want to coach Kyler Murray that's who I think should be our quarterback and the Cardinals were like well we've got this other guy and he was like no no I want yeah. Kyler Murray and they were like, okay, all right. And then, and then, and then Rosen is is subject to languish away and <laughs> just floating on seed. roster after roster after roster. Like and, he might play another twelve years in the NFL just as a guy. <laughs> uh, well, he's not playing right now. Oh, never mind. I misspoke. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's not playing anymore. <laughs> he he got. I don't think he's on anyone's final roster because he got waived in, out of Cleveland. Cleveland, they right before their final cut, so they got like eighty guys on the roster. They had like five quarterbacks on the roster at that point. 
That's a good sign. That's that's what we call consistency. Right. And so Rosen was one, Baker was one, and then obviously Baker gets traded to Carolina right there at the end. Poor uh, Baker, man. I also feel bad for him because they really like he really was he really felt like I was like finally like Cleveland has an identity and they said we covered him. And I was like, never mind, they lost it already. Yeah, and that was a really weird thing too, because he took them to a playoff and got them a playoff win. Now the next year he hurts his non-throwing shoulder so bad it requires surgery, and instead he guts it out and plays the whole season, and it's not a good season. Now, there's no there's no stretch about that. But I noticed, and I was appreciative of the fact that, first of all, as a as a young kid, he, he got a Super Bowl, or I got a playoff appearance and a playoff win for the Cleveland Browns. And by the way, they were firing their head coach and changing their offensive coordinator every offseason, and he still was able to do that. He's had probably four head coaches and four offensive coordinators in, in his four years in the league. And it still looks like his, his, his deal is over. You know, Carolina fired their head coach and he's hurt, potentially sitting. And now they don't know what's going to happen with, with their whole situation. So like, it's, it is a confusing, the league is not for the faint of heart. It's not for the weak minded. And <laughs> these guys never really actually get, a fair shot. That's why when you get an opportunity, you have to seize it. But some of these teams are so bad, there's no seizing it. Like, what, Josh Rosen wasn't going to win 13 games his rookie year in Arizona. Yeah. Like, anyone would have a difficult time. Tom Brady right. wouldn't be able to do that. Right. Well, and, I mean, then, and then on top of that, I mean, even, you know, going back to Baker, in his second year, he wins a playoff game in Cleveland. And that's still not good enough to stay on the team. They still immediately wanted Deshaun Watson the second he was available. And they gave, they moved everything to get him. They mortgaged their future, which I think is going to wind up... Again, it's the Browns being the Browns, right? Like Because they gave up so much to get Deshaun Watson, they have no shot of putting together a team around him. Um, and so as bad as they are, they got to hope that he's so great that everyone else just comes through on accident. Right, which is... Uh... You know, a sign of a good, you know, good team. Good, good team. Uh, all right. So we've, we've tiptoed around that enough, Nico. Let's do some picks. Let's read some ads. Let's get out of here. It's New Orleans Saints at Arizona Cardinals. The two and a half points are being given to the Cardinals. The Cardinals are minus 2.5 points. The over under is 44. Who are you taking? Uh, I got to go, go in the under, and I'm, I'm going for the Saints. I got the gotta, Saints. You're getting the two and a half points on the road. Yep, betting my betting on my boy Winston or Andrew Dalton, who's been in the NFL for ten million years. Yeah, and just every year just got a little bit worse. <laughs> like he was on the Bengals, right? My crazy forever, forever. The Red yeah. Rocket, and they never did anything of merit while it was there. Yeah, I think they. I think they occasionally would beat the Texans in the playoffs, and then they would lose the next round, or we would beat them. And lose the next round. Like, I feel like we played them three or four times in the playoffs over like a five year span. That's good for them. I had a, I had a buddy of mine way back like freshman year of high school who just loved Andrew Dalton. Like everything he like he wore the jersey all the time. Like that was his man. Oh, well, if I remember right, he was a Texas Tech quarterback, so that kind of fits with like, you know, in Texas, you know, Texas. Everyone everyone has a school they love here in Texas for some reason. That's true. But yeah, um, love love Dalton. So I just, I, I got to go with the team with the two funny quarterbacks. Yeah, those guys are both a mess. Uh, all right, I'm gonna take the Cardinals 
giving up two and a half. I don't love giving up the points. Um, to basically quote Colton, this would be a great tease game. <laughs> Colton wants to tease every game, but I think he wants to tease every game because he has such a hard time picking on these tight games like this. Uh, I don't love giving up the two and a half. I would love it if this was just a straight up game. Like, I think the Cardinals will win. I don't know if they'll win by three, but I'll, I, that's fine. I'll take this. I'll take the points. Um, or I'll, I'll, I'll give up the points, I should say. But I just, it's definitely, the under is definitely, like, I don't, I mean, it's going to be like a 17 10. <laughs> Watch this be like an absolute banger of a game, and they're like, it's like that terrible game that the Colts play where there's like 45 million to like 37 million. Like, I didn't even score that many points. Amazon would be thrilled if there were that many touchdowns. Like, all would be forgiven between Amazon and the NFL if there were that many touchdowns in this game. I don't think anyone's that lucky. Yeah. I I think the Thursday night trend continues. I think these are two coaches who can talk to themselves out of taking the points when they need to. Arizona has had to come from behind multiple times this year already. Uh, I Yeah, I'm just going to – they're giving up two and a half. I'll, I'll – I'll... See, it's hard. It's hard. Well, it's just – it's such – they're both such terrible teams. Yeah, it's, it's, it's betting on the slower snail, but like <laughs> – <laughs> That's a really good way to put it because that's exactly what it is. Like if this if this game ended twenty one twenty Cardinals, that wouldn't surprise me either. Yeah, It'd be like they missed an extra point, or like they tried for a conversion, or yeah. like something silly, like or like all the Saints could muster was one touchdown and a thousand field goals after that. Like, yeah, right. I, 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 it doesn't. I'm gonna take the. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna give up the two and a half, and I'm gonna take the under. Uh, I'm twelve and four. I mean, I guess if I wind up twelve and six out of this, it is what it is, but. I, I it don't is what see, it is. It is what it is. I don't see a big. I'm not thinking either one. I don't. I don't know. I don't see 44 points coming out of this matchup. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a pretty fair bet. Uh, I certainly don't see that. And then it's just a matter of what I think is going to happen with the score on these two teams. I would take just the Cardinals to win the minus 140. That would be my more sure bet. Uh, if I were betting my own personal money. If it wasn't illegal to sports bet in Texas, which, by the way, Texas, get your act together. Like, literally, there are apps that we can download on our phone. And in America, the freest country on the planet, everyone's going to tell you that I'm not allowed to, to gamble on on sports books because Texas won't allow sports betting. This is stupid. I can yeah. download DraftKings, but I can't make a bet. Like what yeah, kind of? Just make your own. Like, man, where's where's the Texas exclusive one? You know, someone's gonna oh, bet a billion kinds... dollars on like Texas gun show sports betting. Oh, it's trillion listed. dollars. It's coming, Matt. Make no mistake. If it if it and it'll bear the name Mattress Mac, I'm willing to bet. <laughs> um, it's gonna it's Dang gonna fair. happen in the next you three to five years. You say that out loud, and that's literally what he does. Yeah. That's what he. That's what he, he. He goes over to Louisiana and he bets and he makes a big deal about it and he gets more publicity and more attention than almost any other story all year out of Houston. Um, he's the dude's a gambler. He loves to gamble. It won't surprise me at all when there's the g- gallery furniture sports book in two or three years. But I'm just annoyed at the fact that sports betting has been legalized in in America. It's now finally legal. 
in like 13 or 20 of the states. I have to watch these commercials all weekend long while I watch football about being able to bet. I love listening to Barstool Sports. They get to talk about all of their bets and everything they're doing. And I can download the game in the apps, but I can't make bets out of Texas. And that is so obnoxious. It's, it's, it's time to just get over it and, and do it. Like, who's, who, who are these fun police is what I want to know. Who's doing this? Who's doing this? Who's doing this to us? Um, all right. Let me t- it's time to trade in your mask for face masks, load up the hoppers, and go to war with your friends. Too hot? Too rainy? Too cold? Splat Zone has you covered. Literally. It's Splat Zone Indoor Paintball. Round up the family and get to 11260 Hempstead to check out Splat Zone Indoor Paintball today. 11260 Hempstead, Splat Zone Indoor Paintball. Splat Zone is a great low-impact family-friendly experience, and if you use their website to make reservations, you can get 5% off by using the code BATTLEREDSPLAT. So make sure to check out Battle Reds or Splat Zone Indoor Paintball and use the code BATTLEREDSPLAT to, to get your 5% back in your pocket just for being a Battle Red listener. Um, let me also tell you guys about the Adventure Begins Stadium, 525 Woodland Square Boulevard, Suite 130, right there in Conroe, Texas. The Marcel Town Center uh, shopping strip right there on 1488. You get out there, you find yourself in the, one of the nicest stores you're ever going to see. Family-friendly, well-lit, knowledgeable staff. Everyone's awesome to deal with. You go up to the second story, the second floor, and right there is the Adventure Begins Stadium, where they sell sports memorabilia, sports cards, all kinds of great sports things. Sport up your day right there in the Adventure Begins Stadium. Spend some money, buy some cool stuff. They got some autographed items. They also have all kinds of the different cards from Panini and Upper Deck and everyone else. There's no reason that you're not going out there and getting your cards from them uh, unless you just like going to dingy, dirty, smelly old nerd stores. Go to the Adventure Begins Stadium right there at 525 Woodland Square Boulevard, Suite 130, Conroe, Texas. All right, so all that being said, We've made our picks. We're locked in. When we tune in, when you tune in tomorrow, we're going to be talking with Colton and we're going to be talking Texans Raiders on the road in Vegas. You know what I, you know what I'm surprised by? I'm surprised there's not when the NHL expanded the team to Vegas, the golden Knights, they had like a crazy, like several month long undefeated at home streak. And I genuinely believe it was because a lot of the teams were partying in Vegas when they came down. Yeah, there's a there's an advantage to have the same city as your home residence. In the NBA, anybody who was coming to New Orleans when uh, if they were on a back to back in New Orleans, the second games were always atrocious for the away team. Like for many years, the betting secret was like bet New Orleans on uh, getting points on the second night of any back-to-back, and it was because players would go out, like, the in-between night and party until, like, 6 in the morning in New Orleans. And just devastated for game day. (laughs) Right, because there's casinos, and then the drinking laws are so friendly, and the bar hours are so friendly in in New Orleans that literally you would get home at 6 a.m., or you would get back to the hotel at, like, 6 a.m. Uh, and then shoot arounds at like, you know, four or five in the afternoon, but you are still hungover. So, yeah, the, the overnights in New Orleans were always great. Like, old betters will tell you, like, oh, you could make a fortune on those games. Uh, and the books had to, like, adjust to be like, people just party. Like, it is what it is. I'm surprised the NFL hasn't had that problem. But 
it kind of just goes to show how much more serious NFL games get taken than these other sports, I think. Again, probably because of frequency. Yeah, one every week versus, like, even hockey, you play four or five times a week. Yeah. Do you think that that means, like, there are times when even hockey players, like, hockey players, first of all, have my respect for the physicality of what they do. And the injuries are always so terrible sounding in hockey games. But do you think that that also means that there's just sort of this element of, like, yeah, let's just blow this game off. Let's party tonight. Oh, yeah, 100%. Look, when you play when you play more than, like, 20 games a year, like, there's going to be ones where you're just like, I'm not really feeling it. Plus, we're somewhere awesome. Why not? Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, and it's definitely to the Golden Knights' advantage. I mean, they took full of it. Like, again, I want to say they were regular season undefeated at home maybe for their first whole year. Yeah, it was like a crazy number. It was like a crazy amount of games that they won at home. Because it was like yeah. – I don't think it was a record, but it was, like, up there. <laughs> I, I, I think it was a record for, like, opening a stadium. Like, I think. Yeah, like, because they were brand new. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I don't think it was a record, like, for the hockey league itself, for the NHL. But I do think, I mean, I, that's, it's crazy to me the idea that, like, because they were in Las Vegas that everyone was just like, Argh. but, I mean, it is what it is. So, we will be talking about that tomorrow. Man, I'm seeing a lot of headlines like talking about what's going on in Denver. And I'm just thinking back to week two and I was like, this team is seriously in trouble. And I'm also going back to my preseason picks when I was like, this team is beatable. Not only beatable, terrible. Worst leadership we've ever seen. Probably, just, like just outwardly, just outwardly, just probably some of the worst leadership I've ever seen. I, I've never, I don't know that I've ever seen. I've never seen this. anything even close to this. This bad in game, like I know when they like okay, they might make weird choices and they might like bad play calling or whatever. I mean, a coach that literally, like, I, week one it was seven delay of game penalty. The the crowd was called was chanting the play clock, calling it down to the field by the by by second half of the Texans game. They were so tired of delay of game penalties. Like, how many yards is that? It's just five yards every time. But I mean, you're you're just. It's a dumb penalty, especially like coming off of a kickoff. Like you should, you guys shouldn't be able to walk out there and know what. Like it should be a quick huddle. Like there should be no confusion there because everyone is walking from the sidelines to where the ball is. So it should be really easy to just get in and get out. And instead, wow. they they would they would they would somehow spend thirty five seconds over there or something. So impressive, just impressive. Yeah, yeah. All right. We're going to jump out. Everybody have a great, great Thursday. I hope everyone um, enjoys the show. Enjoy the Thursday Night Football. Another fascinating, fascinating affair. And we'll be back tomorrow. Thanks for listening to Battle Red Radio.